Hi, this is Dr. Sean Handorp, clinical psychologist and health behavior expert, and this is the Motivation Made Easy podcast. Each week, I'll be bringing you science-backed information, strategies, and inspiration to master your relationship with food so that you can feel in control of your habits, respect your body, and free your mind to focus on the things in life that truly matter. I'm a clinical psychologist, and I've had years of experience doing research and patient care in the field of weight management and eating disorders. So I've had the insider view on understanding what works and what we're getting very, very wrong. In this podcast, you'll find practical information and tips based on motivation science, interviews from experts, and stories from real people and how they've navigated their relationship with food. My goal is to empower you with information, inspire you to make changes that fit you, and feel 100% supported along the way. So settle in and make yourself comfortable, and get excited to learn and take action for a better, healthier, more energized life. Courtney is, I'm actually going to read her her bio real quick here, and then I'm going to tell you who she is and why I brought her on. So Courtney Gale is an Austin-based singer, model, actress. Known for her powerful yet intimate vocal style, she performs frequently solo and within groups throughout the country. As an actress, her one-woman show, The Blurred Lines, made a splash at the Metropolitan Room shortly before her musical theater debut at the Fulton Theater. Courtney frequently does print and influencer modeling, often showcasing her impressive red locks for brands including Diva Curls and I Buy Direct. Currently recording new music with her closest collaborators, Courtney is available for performances, modeling opportunities, and voiceover work. So why did I bring Courtney on to the podcast today? So Courtney and I uh, actually grew up in the same town, we went to middle school together and she sang at my wedding. So I brought her on because I've been able to kind of watch her. I mean, she and I did ridiculous diets together um, in high school and I've been able to observe her pursuing her dream over all of these years that I've known her. And I wanted to bring her on to share her story of getting out of the diet cycle. It's actually slightly different than some of our previous guests because um, it's just interesting to notice the themes. Um, She didn't have to spend as much time focusing on how to get out of the diet cycle. And it's, I want you to listen for some of the things that helped her to shift. But I often will say what drives me to do the work that I do is helping people build more courageous and connected lives. I believe deeply that we need people to show up in the world as the person they were meant to be and do the work that they were meant to do in the world, whatever that is. And I deeply believe that Courtney is doing that. And it's interesting to hear her talk about how getting out of the diet cycle has allowed her, in her words, to become the performer and business owner and human being that she was truly meant to be. And how it's, it's interesting, too, because 
she's always been a very authentic, very warm, genuine, amazing person. But it's like watching her really own herself, her body, own her power in many ways. Dieting and getting out of the cycle was part of that. And so I think that this is an incredible conversation. It is a longer episode. I decided not to split it up just because, I don't know, it's good. And uh, it would be kind of awkward to split this one into two episodes. But it's, I think you're going to love it. And um, I will say, as I was editing through it, she had made some comment about the average weight of um, like a woman in the U.S. And she's like, it might be this or it might be higher. The average weight is actually higher. And I looked it up. I forget what it was because I wasn't, it doesn't even really matter. But basically, I just want you to know that we we don't necessarily talk a lot about like weight and numbers. But um, the the number that she threw out there is low. Like the average weight of the U.S of a typical woman in the U.S. is higher than the numbers she threw out there. So I just wanted to make you aware of that. Um, but yeah, we're we're going to dive in. At the time of this recording, this intro, I'm hoping I can get a clip of her so she can sing us out. But if I don't, um, you need to check her out. There's links in the show notes to her YouTube channel in particular has some incredible songs and you can watch these uh, incredible music videos that she's making with a whole bunch of people all over and uh, so if you want to see and hear her perform uh, in those videos you definitely should and maybe if you live closer to her you can see her in person because that's what I want to do sometime soon so without further ado we're going to dive in in this episode you're going to hear Courtney's journey pursuing her dream as a singer, actress, model, performer, and we're going to talk about her relationship with food and body and how she was able to kind of reclaim a positive body image when she was told her whole life that like her body is quote unquote part of the sale. So she's got this unique uh, challenge really in, in terms of like body acceptance. And she's going to talk us through how she's done that. Uh, she talks us through some of the strategies she, she uses to cope with negative body image thoughts in the entertainment industry and much, much more. So without further ado, let's d- jump into my conversation with Courtney Gale. Do you ever worry that you're wasting your life? I definitely did. In fact, I wrote that in my journal many years ago when I was in the middle of the diet binge roller coaster ride. I woke up every day thinking about food, my body, and what I would eat that day to quote unquote be healthy. The notebooks I had filled with calories and points could fill up a spare bedroom. Social events and vacations immediately prompted the thought they will notice I've gained weight or I need to lose weight by then. Deep down, I knew I wasn't living life the way I wanted to but I didn't know how to pull myself out of it. If this is you, I want you to imagine what it would feel like to feel empowered in your body and proud of your choices on a consistent basis. I promise you this is possible and it isn't too late. You see, dieting steals our motivation. It makes us ineffective and lose faith in ourselves. It keeps us spinning our wheels in a system that was never built to work. If you're ready to take that first step to motivating yourself with what matters to you, download my Cultivate Powerful Motivation Guide, 
which is quite beautifully designed if I say so myself, and walk through the simple three steps to cultivate motivation that works for you in 15 minutes or less. You'll get a simple formula to write one sentence at the end that you can use to motivate yourself on a daily basis. You can write this sentence on your bathroom mirror, put it on the background of your phone, or just read it and repeat it in your mind consistently. Look, I know how much it hurts to live a life worrying that you're missing out, not stepping into the person that you were truly meant to be. You can listen to the podcast all day, but taking that first step, putting pen to paper or typing on your phone, is required for true lasting change. It's time to start living, my friend. So it's 100% free. What are you waiting for? Grab your free guide today at drhondorp.com forward slash motivate. That's D-R-H-O-N-D-O-R-P.com forward slash motivate. And before we dive into today's episode, just a reminder that this podcast and corresponding blog are for informational and educational purposes only and should not ever be construed as any form of professional advice. If you are struggling in any of these areas or trying to figure out how this applies to your specific situation, always consult a professional for guidance. All right, let's dive in. All right, so welcome back to the Motivation Made Easy podcast. I say every time that I'm excited about the episode because I I truly am excited about all the episodes, but this is truly a very special episode. I have not done this yet on the podcast where I'm bringing on someone that I know very well personally onto the podcast because... Uh, Courtney has a great story to share, some of which we're going to talk about today. I don't even know all of the in-depth answers to these questions, but uh, Courtney is, well, actually, Courtney, I know you as Courtney Warford, but like Mm -hmm, you go by Courtney Gale now, correct? And Mm -hmm. so we're going to have you introduce yourself and tell us more, but Courtney and I have known each other for a very long time. We've, Mm -hmm. well... I think back to high school, but really it was middle school, correct? It was middle school. Yes. Gosh, my memory is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, uh, Courtney sang at my wedding. She's the most amazing What person. a fun time that was. <laughs> Such <laughs> a great memory. Yes. Really beautiful memory. Yes. I will cherish that. Uh, me too. My daughter, by the way, has watched that video so many times. She's obsessed with it. Yeah. Oh, side my. Note. My heart's like um, beating out of my chest. Oh. It was it was amazing, and um, so we have a, a special bond. And, and but yet we don't talk that frequently. So, mm-hmm. but whenever I talk to you, it's like an instant back to just I don't know. Like you're just the most incredible human being, and I can't wait to hear more about your story as it relates to relationship with food and body. Sure. But I also specifically for the listeners and for you reached out. To you about this because I, one of my missions here is like this idea of getting people out of this like body shame diet cycle so they can show up as the person that they're meant to be in the world. And I, I believe you're doing that more than most people that I know. Um, and it's been so incredible to watch. So I just want to know more about like more than beyond what you and I have already talked about. So I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you. Oh, Sean, thank you so much. I, um, well, I was blushing that entire introduction. (laughs) Thank you. Um, It's so flattering and so heartwarming to hear um, that, you know, you watching my journey has brought you any kind of, uh, you know, good feelings just because sometimes we get wrapped up in everything and we always wonder, 
Am I making a difference? Am I even good at what I do? Do I have imposter syndrome? I mean, I saw, I think we all suffer from those self-limiting oh, yeah. thoughts from time to time, but nevertheless, we keep moving forward and, and we, mm -hmm. we do what we're, what we're sent here to do essentially. So, um, yeah. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so honored that you would ask me to be a part of this. And, um, I really hope we are able to help even one person. So I'm just really looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we're going to learn more about Courtney first. Can you tell okay. us a little bit about your story? Like who is Courtney? What is she all about? Well, um, I grew up in Michigan. I am a Midwest girl in heart, at heart, and I, I grew up in a very loving family. I'm very lucky and blessed to report that. Um, I have two very supportive, loving parents who have always supported me from day one in my dreams and in my decisions, and I think that alone is a huge blessing. I know a lot of people who are estranged from their parents or, or don't get support, especially if uh, their child is pursuing a career that isn't conventional. And I say this with big quotations, yeah. um, especially a, a career in entertainment because it's so, it can be a feast or famine kind of pursuit and there's no real security, so to speak. So I'm very lucky that I, uh, I came from a family like that. And I was very lucky throughout school. Um, I found my girlfriends at a young age and felt supported all the way through those years. Um, it's, it's tough being a young kid, mm -hmm. but um, if you know you're loved, that's a, huge, that's a huge plus when you're trying to find out who you are and you're learning um, the true, your true identity as you're going through the different phases of life. So I, I've always been a singer. I've been singing ever since I could remember. So I always knew that's what I wanted to do with my life. And um, I, you know, I moved to New York City um, in 2008, <laughs> September 2008, right when the economy took a huge dump. I was oh like, I'm gosh. here, New York City, there's <laughs> jobs. Um, and I'm here to make my dreams come true. Yay. So that was I didn't realize that timing. That's Oh my gosh, that's so, that had been so hard. Oh my gosh. And if you think about it, that happened right after we all graduated college. So mm -hmm. we graduated college with these, you know, grandeur, like there's so much to look forward to. And we did what we were supposed to do. We got the degree and come on world, come on life, <laughs> let's be successful. And then the world like literally turned over. Yeah, um, I was like kind of protected from that because I was down in Philly in grad school. So you and I got to hang out in the city, but um, yeah. I was kind of protected, right? Uh, mm -hmm. from, but that was so hard for many people our age. For sure. It, it just happened to be just at that time, which was, but looking back at it, we can, we can giggle about it, hindsight being 2020. But I do, yeah. I do think that that, um, me, me making that move, to New York City at 23 um, really gave me my true adult education, I think. I had to find out who I was without familiarity, without my best friends and my family behind me. It's like you have to strip down to your basic foundations and build up again um, in a place especially like that where the competition is fierce. And <clears throat> I got to be honest, I got used to being a big fish in a small pond. I, I had, I, you know, I had this 
you know, naturally talented singing voice in a, in a smaller town. So I got a lot of things handed to me. I got a lot of things just kind of put in my lap. So it kind of debilitated me on my work ethic. I got to be honest. So I, mm -hmm. when I got to New York, I got into a room with a bunch of big fish, huge fish from their small towns or their like from around the globe, people who are the best at what they do. So that was extremely humbling. And um, really, you know, I had to learn that, oh, you can be really good at something or have natural talent, but that's a small part of it. That's a small percentage of success. It's like, you got to show up, you got to grind, you have to work really hard. And that was, um, that was a huge um, culture shock for me. Oh, I bet. Well, and I would yeah. say, especially in the entertainment industry, that's got to be so much more true than, than anything. Like, I don't know. Cause I, I kind of, mm -hmm. I'm sort of like anti like hustle culture, but it's like, I don't know in the entertainment industry, like, I don't know how you feel about that. That's sort of a, mm -hmm. I'm just reflecting on it, but it's like, do you feel like it's just inevitable? Like you have to, you have to do so much to make it. I don't know if that's a weird question. No, it's, it's not a weird question. It, it, you have to work really hard because there are millions of talented people out there and the advent of the internet really exposed that. Um, once we got platforms like YouTube and the ability to broadcast yourself to anyone around the globe, that really opened up Pandora's box. It was like, it didn't matter who you knew or, you know, what rooms you were getting into. As long as you had an internet connection, you could be, you had exposure to some yeah. degree. Yes. Um, obviously the, the, the market is extremely saturated now, but when you know youtube came out it was i remember it being super weird and i remember people saying to me oh courtney you should put up singing videos on that on that youtube i was like yo that place is weird like it's like cat <laughs> videos on oh, that ain't for me and i'm like damn i really missed <laughs> i missed an opportunity there like the people who could see that for what it was and oh. had foresight are now millionaires because they were just like ah I might as well just put this up here. Who knows what's going to happen? And, mm -hmm. you know, now people saw the success that, that, you know, that garnered and then it, then it became a saturated market. But, mm -hmm. um, you really, you really have to, you have to be a business person. Then that's not what I was prepared for. College did not prepare me for that. My college does not prepare me whatsoever to be a human adult in the world, you know, managing my own laugh. business. No, and it's and it also, good. no, it's ridiculous. And, you know, if you're an artist, you are essentially your own business. So yeah. I never looked at it that way because that's not how it was pitched to me as I was growing up. It was like, oh, you, you employ a manager, you employ someone else to take care of that business stuff for you. You just focus on the art and you uh -huh. just focus on the thing. And that is dangerous. <laughs> Number one. And number two, it's it's kind of it's extremely limiting. Um, and maybe that was true before the advent of the Internet, um, because we kind of straddled the world prior to the Internet and the world after, um, mm -hmm. I think, our age group. Yeah, um, that's why they call us millennials, right? Yes, we're, we're kind of old millennials, but we're millennials. Yeah, we're on the cusp. We're on the cusp yeah. for sure. But um, that was 
that was damaging because when I got to New York, I, I essentially, from my college degree, I had sheet music and headshots and there you go, get out there in the real world and be a success. They didn't teach you that there's a whole business side that you're responsible for. And there's a, a business hustle that is required to, um, which that makes sense in any industry, whether yeah. you're in, you're, you're opening up a real a retail store, you're opening up a restaurant. There's something you have to know how to network. You have to know to look for certain groups to get um, integrated in, to meet people who can guide you and yep. um, expand your network so that you can start outsourcing things you need that aren't your strengths in order to help further your business, which I am my business. Yeah, I feel like even just like my um, starting entrepreneurship started really a year ago. Mm -hmm. And congratulations. Was, I'm, I'm so happy for you. I'm so proud thank of you. you. It's been a wild ride, as I'm sure you know, but I do think I had um, some advantages. Well, but I, I can definitely relate with like, I definitely didn't learn anything about anything I needed to know business wise in grad school. And, uh, and, and you could make the argument that we should have learned some of that, but that was like my grad school is supposed to make me be a researcher, which didn't, wasn't the path I took, but it's even, I think for you starting off at 23 till now, I had some of the benefits of like, I'm in a really good business training where I'm learning so much valuable stuff. And, and I think very much more valuable than a lot of, I've done a lot of uh, standard education, right? And mm -hmm. unfortunately that it, it's like, you it just speaks to that. We're, we're setting people up for failure in our training and, and education. That's a broader theme that we're seeing because that's like, I don't know. Yeah. It's in, in most industries, you have to learn all of these other skills and, but, but I, you can also learn it. I was able to learn it from people that went before me. Cause there's like these online trainings that are, that I was able to find that were good, but that was anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, very, it's just funny that, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I went to college. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm glad that I completed that and I, mm -hmm. I have a degree. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it introduced me to the group of friends that I made that journey with. And, and we continue to support each other in our New York mm -hmm. experience. <clears throat> but, you know, if I could do it over again uh, with what I know now, I would have skipped college and I would have asked for that money from my parents to start my own, you know, production company or start my own project. Yeah. Um, with what I know now, <laughs> that's that's coming from a 36-year-old brain and not a 17 year old brain um life experience yeah. is um priceless um but again i also don't i don't want to put the idea out there that i have any regrets i don't sure. but if we're gonna sure. play fantasy land and yeah. you know if we could do it over that's probably the the route i would have i would have won i think i would have gotten more of a return on that investment if you will yes and With can you um give people an overview of, of where you're at yeah. now and what you're doing now? Yes, of course. So I, I spent 12 years in New York City um, as a professional singer, actress, uh, voiceover actor. Um, and when the lockdown came, the pandemic came, um, 
I saw the writing on the wall and it was time to get out of there. I mean, I was, I was considered, I was deemed non-essential, but my rent and my taxes were essential. So <laughs> it didn't make sense to pay four digits in rent when I was, um, when I was a non-essential worker. Cause yeah. I, I still remember to this day, um, there was a lunch I was having with my girlfriends who were all singers. There were five of us and we were having a, like a celebratory lunch together. Um, and we were so excited about what 2020 was bringing. Um, I was finally autonomous. I had finally worked hard enough where I had opened up my own LLC and I could pick and choose the jobs I wanted. And um, 2020, and I was finally getting bearings on calling my own shots. And that felt really empowering. Mm -hmm. And we were sitting there and it, th that was the day that the world melted down. It was within 90 minutes, our phones were just bzz, 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 just gig down, gig down, lost gig, lost gig, lost gig. And we lost probably between all of us, almost like 70K in gigs in less than, oh my gosh. less than 90 minutes. I like, like chills. Was that, that was like probably March 11th or 12th, 2020, right? Yeah. And I remember that day, my girlfriend was, she was right before she was flying out to LA and um and she never came back <laughs> like oh she gosh. stayed out there um Ugh. but i it's i will never remember yeah i'll never forget that day it was very what a marker <laughs> it it really was and how things changed there was a there was a paradigm shift clearly yeah. and the world was never going to be the same and so and i was in new york city during the lockdown and that was horrible <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's cold temperatures. It's not like you can escape and get to the park every day. Um, as right. soon as the weather got better, I was going to the park every day and, you know, doing the best I could to kind of maintain mental health, get fresh air, get exercise. Um, but to be in these small apartments that lack natural light, which I'm a light baby, it wasn't great. So it really forced me to, to think about what is it that I really want? Because now is the time to answer that question. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the pandemic did also prove that your location no longer matters, no matter what industry you're in. Yeah. Um, you don't have to live in New York or LA now to, to maintain a career in music or acting or what have you mm -hmm. because of technology. Yeah. So the yeah, move to and like audio. it's hard enough that the all the change of the pandemic and all those challenges on top of like you've just worked for your whole life you've just achieved this like really autonomous empowered feel because I remember you and I talked soon ish after actually mm -hmm. I don't know we talked when I was still on maternity leave so we talked somewhere around this time at, since soon after and it was like it's just had to have been, like I said, so devastating. And yet I'm curious, like where we haven't talked as much about like all the specific things you're doing now and like where you yes. are at now, what almost two years later, that's a lot. Like where are you at now with, with everything and with your career? So we, uh, my boyfriend and I, and also my partner, um, we, we decided to move to Austin. So we moved to Austin, Texas, in September of 2020. And, um, 
So I had never been to Austin before, but I had a gut feeling about it. It was either we had talked about either Nashville or Austin, mm -hmm. um, both being music, music cities with culture and art and all of those mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. um, but we lean more toward Austin because none of us wanted to be pigeonholed into country music. I mean, we like country music, but we need a, a wider variety of genres. And um, I just had a gut feeling about it. And then we found out later, it was a coincidence that his sister and niece were going to move there as well. And, and that wasn't planned. So it all kind of converged at a, at a fast pace. And it seemed like all these doors were just swinging open. So I'd learned over the past, like my gut usually does not steer me wrong. So why not? New York will be here tomorrow. It, it's not going anywhere. If we need to go back, it will be there. What yeah. is the worst that could happen? It's not like anything's opening up soon. So let's give it a shot. Really, there was nothing to lose. Um, only excitement to see, you know, the unknown. And in my, in my journey, the more comfortable I am, the less successful I am. <laughs> uh, I have to maintain a level of discomfort in order for me to transcend and to and to learn and to excel as much as I hate it, but it's the truth. <laughs> That's a good soundbite right there. And I'm wondering <laughs> if now might be an okay time to bring in this like how relationship with food and body has been involved with your journey right so Huge. even maybe starting from like i know based on basically like you and i like trying to diet together in high school that mm -hmm. this has been part of your journey and certainly in the entertainment industry your body is a point of like i don't know scrutiny is maybe the, the right way it's What's part that? of the sale it's part yeah. of the sale yeah it's part of the contract it's part of the package Mm -hmm. whether we like it or not for better or for worse it is what it is um, how would you describe your relationship with food like i guess growing up and like younger years well growing up it was tumultuous um as you remember when we were growing up in our formative years in the late 90s early 2000s what was en vogue was stick thin that was mm -hmm. what was considered beautiful um, and straight hair. I had curly hair and a curvy body. And I was like, damn, I'm in the wrong time. Uh -huh. But I mean, that was so, it was pushed. It was everywhere I looked in magazines in, I was watching friends at the time, everybody on friends was real thin and they got thinner, the more successful they got as the, as the show yeah. got more popular, they got skinnier. And yeah. so that was, pretty damaging. And those were the years of Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears, um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, midriff bearing, uh, no inner thigh fat kind of situation. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. when I was young and got a manager and I was going to be a pop star when I was 15, 16 years old, I always remember all the time. It was like, you need to lose weight. You need to lose weight if this is what you want to do. And it just didn't, I, it was hurtful and I just, I kind of played it off like, okay, yeah, yeah, I can, I can do that. And I actually believed for like 10 years that if I worked hard enough and I, and I ate minimally and I worked out very frequently that I could actually be skinny. 
I could actually change my genetic makeup and have a completely different body type. I would have a thigh gap and I would make my butt smaller and I would have smaller thighs and I'd, you know, I'd make yeah, bigger boobs. It's all boobs. about willpower, right? Like, yeah, that's the message that we were, we're still told, but like we were yes. definitely, we didn't really have, I would say any anti-diet messages or body positive messages then I don't remember. Now there's at least we got some different messages going on. Then sure. it was like, this is the way, like your weight is fully in your control. So mm -hmm. yep. work hard. And if, and if you want to be successful as a singer and actress in musical theater, I even heard it in college that if I wanted to get ingenue roles, I had to be thin. Um, like I, they, they didn't want to see a, a curvy ingenue, which I was like, I thought women were supposed to be curvy, but I guess I got the wrong message, oh you know, gosh. like it's yeah. just it's wild. And um, not only professionally, but personally for uh, relationships, dating, it was extremely harmful. I thought, you know, the guy like really quality guys only wanted skinny girls. They didn't want they didn't want curvier girls or thicker girls like maybe sexually they did, but they weren't the ones to take home to mom or the ones to marry. They were the ones mm -hmm. to have fun with or fulfill fantasies with or do anything like that, but nothing public. You know, you didn't want to be seen if you were like the popular guy or the guy who had high visibility. He didn't want to be with a, a curvy or thicker girl. He wanted to be with the tall, slender model type. Mm -hmm. um, now, that was my perception of reality. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to say that was the same for everybody, but that's how I saw it. And um, certainly pretty common, although I think as I'm listening to you talk, it's like, it, it's just, I would imagine in the entertainment industry. I mean, it's, I think it's in every industry, like professionally, mm -hmm. like it's just pervades everything. There's a lot of social privilege that comes with smaller body size. And of course the ideal can shift and change a bit over time, but like, um, it just strikes me that like you more so than the average person could not avoid it. And it was being explicitly said to you. Whereas yes, like for me, I guess it was explicitly said to other people in dance, but like, I didn't have people explicitly saying specifically to me, but it's just, it's so damaging. And, and you said it was, you spent about 10 years or so kind of believing this basically lie that like, if you work hard enough, like you can have this and then you will have the success. What, um, I would sadly things. say the better part of 15 years. Okay. I would say I yeah. was in this mindset. I counted mine back and it was 13. So you guys, it sounds like you and I are kind of had some shifts around the same time. Well, mm -hmm. I don't know when you, I feel like my things, things were always bad, but they got pretty bad at like 16 for me. But, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. but what, yeah. Like what, what did shift for you? Was it gradual? Was it what, what helped shift to your mindset now? Um, so it's an interesting journey as journeys are, <laughs> but as they go, <laughs> as they go, journeys are meant to be interesting and have ebbs and flows and this and that. But, um, I would say, you know, I had women tell me this as, as I was younger, how that they, they would say, as you get older, you will love yourself more. It's just, it's just part of the game. That's just part of the package. You just get a little more experience um and you become kinder to yourself um but for me 
as I started to, you know, step into my own um, professionally, and I was about, what was I, 27 or 28, I did like a cleanse, right, where I did 30 days of absolutely no sugar, no bread. I, I ate like controlled portions of certain proteins and a serving of vegetables like every day. And I made these like- Sounds fun. Yeah, <laughs> horrible. It just sounds like hell on awful. earth. Like that is just like <laughs> not awful. a way to live. No. But um, I did this and I did commit to it. I, I did it and I lost, I'd say I lost 12 pounds or so in that 30 day period. And in that 30 day period, I, my whole life had to change. My entire life had to change to abide by this dietary schedule or this dietary restriction. I couldn't go out to eat with my friends. Um, I, everything had like almost every part of my life was revolving around when I was eating, what I was eating, how I was eating it. And I thought, this is, is this supposed to be long-term? Is this supposed to be a lifestyle? Because this is not a life. This is not a life at all. And, you know, even if friends wanted to hang out with me, how lame for them that I'm like, um, can I get like a salad with like absolutely nothing on it? And like asking for all these weird things. And, and a lemon water, yeah. And a lemon, and they're just like, oh, that sucks, you know? Um, well, it's interesting because you were told to do these things that are like, quote unquote, the healthy thing to do is to lose weight. And yet it's, it's disordered eating, right? Like, and you may not have, I don't know if you identify as like, I feel like at times I was definitely meeting criteria for eating disorders. At times I was just somewhere on the spectrum, but like, yeah. we're promoting these things as healthful. And, and I did this in like our, our weight loss work that I did. Um, and it's like, no, no, this is you have disconnected from your life. That is not, that is a disorder. That's what defines a disorder is like, yes, I'm not engaged in my life in, a, a, in a way that's, it's a separation. Like, it's yeah. a separation from almost humanity and society in order to, to make this adjustment to my weight. And when I actually look at pictures, Sean, of, of, you know, post this diet and what I look like now, the difference is not that noticeable, mm -hmm. but I sacrificed my life, my happiness and my social life to look slightly different, mm -hmm. you know, like I still yeah. didn't, my thighs still touched, <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> I still have a very voluptuous butt, like it's still what it was. Yeah. And um, that started to kind of open my eyes. It was like, what do you want from life? There is so much more and you're missing it. You are missing the experience of your life because you have been told you need to look a certain way. Yeah. And I just, I'm, I'm so over that. I'm done with mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And, and thank God the zeitgeist and the media kind of took a turn to being more accepting and to have self-love and to embrace all types of bodies. And especially like the average woman is 160 pounds at least in America. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, who, who have they been, you know, guiding all this marketing to? 
to the majority of women who don't measure up? Well, it's a pretty effective way to keep us buying products and buying products to to feel better about ourselves and get what we want. It's very and it's also a very effective way um, to I actually used to never use the word like oppression, but it's a very effective way to keep women from doing the things that they were meant to do in the world is keep them busy counting calories. And stuff. Well, um, you've heard this before. Fear is the mind killer, right? I actually haven't. It totally but, is. Yeah. Fear is the mind killer. It will kill yeah. any, any, um, any logical thinking will go out the window because it goes directly on emotion. Mm -hmm. So emotion will wash over any critical thinking or right. positive, helpful thinking. Yeah. And um, once, once you make that choice mentally that I'm I'm wonderful the way I am. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to be wonderful when I reach this. I'm wonderful now. And if you can't have me at now, you can't have me at any point. Mm -hmm. If you don't think I'm great at now, that goes professionally and uh, personally. Mm -hmm. If you don't like me now, <laughs> you're going to like me at like 2.0. Like this, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, and so when that confidence finally became more authentic, in my mind that like i have exactly what i need mm -hmm. and with the way i'm designed the way i am right now is going to help somebody even if it's one person and then when i started to walk in that confidence people respond differently to confidence mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's it really is something it doesn't even matter what weight you're at whether right. you're 160 140 125 if you're confident, no one cares what weight you are. And when I would be on stage, um, it's funny when I come up, when I go on stage, sometimes my insecurities melt away because it's not about me anymore. Hmm. My performance is not about me. Like we, as artists, we are in the service industry. We are there to serve the community, mm -hmm. to lift you up, to inspire you, to help you escape, to make you dance, to make you feel something. And so that melts away. And I got a lot of positive feedback, especially from women and men just being like, whoa, like they could see the shift in you. You're beautiful, you know, yeah. and that was a breakthrough because I was like, I am. <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, it didn't but matter that I. I had gained five pounds from Christmas or no one cares. Like really none no. of that. And, and it, would you say they could see like, cause it sounds like this shift kind of happened around maybe some of that time that you were mm -hmm. doing that final last, almost like last ditch effort. And I actually had one of those too. It's like the final diet. And it was probably around a very similar time too. So I guess we have some, a lot of parallels in our timeline, but sure. that shift, it sounds like kind of happened and that like opened you up to like, wait a minute, what am I doing? And so it's sort of an organic process, but would you say like people could notice that shift in your performance before and after sort of that time period? Does that make sense? No, it totally makes sense. I, d I think that there was just um, a definite positive shift more. My, my phone call, my phone call, my phone rang more for jobs. Mm -hmm. I got more, um, more requests. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, I had employers, you know, previously before I came to this epiphany, if you will, 
be like, you know, you didn't get that gig because you're not skinny enough. I mean, they would say these kinds of things. Like you're wow. just, you yeah. know, if they want, if, if you're a white girl, they want, they want real thin. That's just, that's what it is. And it was just a matter of fact report. And I was like, and I finally got to a point where I was like, um, then it's their loss. If, if they don't, if they don't want me on the job because I'm not, you know, 30 pounds thinner then um, they lose. I have not, like, I will find someone who will, who will gladly hire me and will have a great time. Mm -hmm. And just having that, let the chips fall where they may approach, you're going to get quality over quantity anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. With what your, with your employment and your opportunities. Was that similar timeline to when you kind of, I remember the time where you were like, I'm going to, you quit like your full-time job and you went Mm -hmm. fully on your own. Did Mm -hmm. these timelines, were they similar? Yeah, they were similar. I, you know, I, I had in the, in the first half of my twenties, I had this whole mindset where I'll fulfill my dreams when, and now when dot, 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 I lose 15 pounds then I'll be more desirable and I can book more roles and I can, you know, get better singing gigs. You know, it was this whole, I was on hold. Mm -hmm. Like I was on deck to pursue my dreams. That was completely self-limiting. You know, no one was, no one was really putting those limits on me. Yeah. You're going to have, no matter what industry you are in, the people are going to say no to you. That's part of the, that's part of the, part of the party, baby. Like you're just going to have people be like, no, you're bad at what you do. You suck. This isn't for you. And you're like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, I believe in myself, but thanks, but no, thanks. You just, you, it's your responsibility to keep pushing through and to keep pushing forward. I think it's such a nice example of like this idea of like, we get convinced it's about the thing that we want. And a lot of times the thing we think we want is weight loss and a smaller body, but like, really it's about the feeling that you want, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not about the actual thing. And then we get these, like, yeah, like you said, self-limiting ideas where we're like, well, I'll do I'll, I'll down the road. That'll be easier to put myself out there. And it's like, no, but also it was never about shrinking your body. And yet, and yeah, so that's such a, I think that's a very crucial. Message. It never was. If there's truth to be told, and there is authenticity, it doesn't matter what package you're in. People want to hear truth. They want to hear unfiltered stories. Mm -hmm. The more, the more I see, the more I observe as, as new movies come out, new shows and, and new artists and new songs. Yes. Our audiences are more sophisticated than we think. And if you're fake, they can find it. They can sniff it out real quickly. Mm-hmm. So I, I really appreciate that the media is kind of lifting that veil and expo- letting people just be absolutely raw and real. Mm-hmm. And because it's not perfect, it's messy, it's awkward. And the more we expose that, the less alone people feel. Um, I, I feel like I've watched you like do, I feel like you've always been incredibly authentic, but like, I've just watched you be more and more you over time. 
from from my vantage point, which is a lot of times like social media, interesting. Sure. We don't see yeah. each other that much. Exactly. But like giving yourself that permission. And it is nice to see. I agree. Like I feel like um, artistry in general and storytelling via artistry is that's what works because that's what moves people and that's what makes them feel a certain way and they Mm -hmm. can absolutely tell it's kind of interesting because we think about like back to the artists in our generation how I don't think that was usually the case no like I don't think Britney Spears felt very good about herself no it was all polished premeditated controlled it it was very different it was very different and um it's, it's funny how all of these things, these parts of life, they connect to food directly because my, my bad habits included binge eating, right? Like I would Same. do, I would do the healthy thing, whatever, whatever that messed up ideology was of the healthy eating I was doing, even though it probably wasn't like, you know, it probably was was absolutely terrible. But then when I'd slip up, right. And I'd have like three pieces of pizza one day, it'd be like, well, there goes the town. I guess we're just going to go ham now and just eat the entire pizza and then get a donut. And then, and then it was just this, this snowball effect into no man's land of, you know, binge eating and this and that. And how horrible like yeah okay so one day you have pizza great move on and I then feel, the next i have pizza day, lots of days now and i feel I, great about it oh my god i have to say it feels so good to not diet anymore yeah to just live my life <laughs> yeah. just to live my life i love to eat mm-hmm. i really experience life through food, especially when I'm in a new place. I'm like, Ooh, what do they eat here? When in Rome, what do we do? What do we eat? That's part of how I enjoy this life. And it's how we celebrate. It's how we celebrate everything in life. We do it around food. We do it around drink. So a diet is not ever, was never going to be feasible long time, long term. No, you can never say, I am never going to eat bread for the rest of my life. What? Like, that sounds like a life I'd want no part of. And I don't even want to, I don't even want to date someone who doesn't eat bread. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be eating some bread. That's just a (laughs) non-negotiable. Right. Right. Exactly. And like, it's, yeah, there's so much, the more I've been, I've been doing this specific podcast for about a year, although I've done this work in different ways for a long, and it's like, there's so much morality wrapped up in these choices and food absolutely should be enjoyable. It's actually really fun to have kiddos because they naturally find food enjoyable. And like, we can, we don't judge it as much, although sometimes we do really young for even them. And I think that's changing hopefully, but like, it should be enjoyable. It's part of like the enjoyment of life and there's so much morality wrapped up in this and and then it becomes this guise of what's healthy and what isn't healthy and yeah there's it's uh it's freeing and I hear that and like and that's absolutely how I feel too like there's just there is no mental 
there was I was very mentally wrapped up in it for many many years as I've shared on this in this podcast but it's just not a thing anymore and then I can make I mean the choices that I feel great about and that includes pizza and plant-based eating and beer and whatever I want and it's great (laughs) amen amen sister yeah it's (laughs) like I used to have things I wouldn't be allowed to have in my apartment because if I were unsupervised I would Mm -hmm. just binge on it and cereal mostly yeah and I'm I'm proud I could never have a jar of Nutella in my house Mm -hmm. or have you know pita bread with like hummus just there because I would just Mm -hmm. go insane but I'm happy to report now that I I can have a bowl of chocolate truffles just sitting on the counter for anyone to have if they have a sweet tooth and I don't have to worry about eating the whole bowl because I'm gonna have a a breakdown or a meltdown yeah um okay if I want a piece of chocolate today fine do I want to have two pieces of chocolate today okay whatever great you know it's not (laughs) it it means nothing and it's just about now it's just about putting foods in my body that make me feel good that give me fuel and give me endurance um, during a busy day because when you have so many things you're doing you need good fuel not bad fuel because that's going to be a really unpleasant day if you don't have sufficient fuel and nutrients to get through it if you're sleepy or if you you feel jittery or if you feel just uh overall sense of bad because you put you're just putting a lot of bad stuff in your body. And I think you just have to listen to it. And of course, you're going to have weekends where it's a it's a weekend away. You're with your girlfriends or you're with your significant other. Have at it. Have the pizza two nights in a row. Have that piece of pie. Yeah. Like, who cares? But we all know that when we get back from that weekend, we're like, okay, maybe let's let's clean it up for the next few days. And yeah, I want to feel good that's again. That's just natural. And yeah. It's not and a diet. It's just... No. Just like listening to your body feel good. And it sounds like you kind of like sort of naturally did some shifts and like sort of learned intuitive eating without like probably reading intuitive eating the book. Correct. Like, yes, I don't know if you read it, but like I didn't, you kind of became came back to intuitive eating, which is really just normal. Listen to your body eating. But like I needed like the formal book and like formal like help with it. But like you, it's it's just interesting, I think, for, for us to like reflect on different ways that people got back to like, there's different, there's so many different ways it can happen, but it, there's so many themes too, which is like, just learn to trust yourself and learn to trust your body again. <laughs> and yeah. like, and, and learn that you are enough and learn that your worth is not dependent on external things. Yes. And yes. Yeah. It's, that's, that's incredible. Um, it's it's very um i can't tell you how much my quality of life catapulted once i completely let go of dieting or um, any kind of uh omission of any part of the diet that i was Mm -hmm. not allowed to have Mm -hmm. um and stopped placing value on that whether it was a point system right like I have to say Weight Watchers really screwed me up in my teen oh, years. Yeah. I did a and lot of, of that. Yeah. Like look it I it took I would say about a decade to break my mind of that pattern of point values to certain foods. Yeah. And what that meant. And it it's kind of like a game or 
I think it has the same effect on you psychologically and mentally like slot machines do. Like ding, 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 ding. I got this score today. Now, yes. I'm, now I'm a good person. Now I've succeeded. I can feel yes. good now. Yeah, and, oh, absolutely. Ding, like ding, ding, this- ding. I, I didn't hit this score today. Now I'm a piece of crap. And so I shouldn't, I'm not good enough to go for my dreams. I'm not good enough to try out for that job. I'm not good enough to um, deserve a good relationship because yeah. I, I failed here. It's yes. all connected. Yes, absolutely. And it's like, yeah, it's like the, a lot of times that I'll talk to people when I work with them one-on-one about like the kind of grieving that feeling of control or feeling of reward of like being good. It's weird. Cause like, yeah, we want to move away from these things. And that's why, why I wanted to have you on, but also just generally highlighting like all the amazingness that is on the other side, because it can feel like a loss or feel like this, like, oh, I don't get to like feel good about myself in this specific way that I've Mm -hmm. thought for years. And yet the great news is like there, it opens up a whole new world. That's kind of scary and vulnerable and means you actually have to like do the things that maybe you're scared of, but like Mm -hmm. that's, it's way better. Oh, (laughs) it's way more rewarding because you get to just like be yourself. Oh, and how freeing, but you have to go through, you have to go through the wilderness really mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to to come out on the other end and 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 know that there's no other there's no better person to be than yourself mm-hmm. um yeah. every other role is taken as i've heard before <laughs> that's um, a Brene brown braving the wilderness book or like and it's searching for true belonging right like you belong mm-hmm. to yourself and mm-hmm. how scary that is because we're so tempted to like belong to this group or this group and it's like yeah i yeah. love that and I, I feel a responsibility to younger, younger eyes, younger people watching and observing yeah. um, and re- and to reverse what I saw yeah. and what what was damaging to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was always kind of, you know, fat shaming in our family. My mom received. Um, you know, just verbal abuse for her size or her, or her weight. And it, and it, and it really messed her up. And, oh, you know, yeah. it, it, it really shaped the way she approached me about, about weight, but she didn't, you know, she didn't know any different. Sure. And, um, and I think together with my journey, she, we've, we've kind of navigated that together of kind of mm-hmm. leaving that behind, um, as a mother daughter, uh, pursuit, if you will. And, Aww. Um, you just, you never know who's listening and, and I'm on a platform because I'm a performer. So I do take that seriously. That is a responsibility that I need to take on. Um, yeah, you're a leader. I'm a leader and for better, for worse. Most people are in some way, but like, yeah, exactly. And influencing. Yeah. (laughs) And I, and I just always, I, even with my voice students, I have some pre-adolescent, adolescent age, uh, students. Mm-hmm. And I'm always, I always ask them, what do you think about this before? I don't want you to know what I think. What do you think about this? Mm-hmm. Do you think you do, do you want to sing this song? All right. Uh-huh. Then what do you have to do to do the things you want? You have to work really hard. Do you believe that you can do it? It's a lot of that, like empower yourself. If this is what you want, this is the song you want to perform. You want to be a singer. You want to get more confident. All right. It starts with making decisions and being comfortable with those decisions. You can ask me my input, yeah. but I wanna hear yours first because I want you to get used to making your own decisions. 
because yeah, yeah. as you get older, the decisions get harder, <laughs> you know, yes. and you have to trust yes. yourself. You have to trust your own yeah. critical thinking and believe in yourself and have confidence and you're going to yeah. fail. You're going to yeah. fail, but you yeah, have you're to doing fail what you to should succeed. be doing. Right. Yes, exactly. If you're yeah. not, then you're probably not putting yourself out there enough. Yeah, correct. Correct. So it's, um, I, I do think we've definitely, we've made a, a good turn, uh, in our society yeah. with mm -hmm. body image sure. mm -hmm. and self-love and yeah. generally being kind. I mean, even now, if my weight ebbs and flows, if I gain a little weight, I'm like, eh, well, it's all right. I'll get it off. You know what I Isn't mean? Isn't it like, so nice to just like trust your body to do what's best for it too? Like, yes. of, like not being reactive. I actually found that like doing this work and having these conversations actually just reinforced even more like being non-reactive to just like whatever, yeah. like versus the freak out that it would have been in the past. And like the, the reaction of like, just, I think the, the damage of the stress reaction in those moments, I think is um, probably more damaging than anything else versus just like, eh, like, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, you know, maybe I'll get it off or I won't. Like maybe this is just like, or like maybe this yeah. is the weight my body needs to be at this phase of my life. Like trusting yeah. the body to know. And um, if there's some, you know, something, some root cause that needs to be addressed, meaning like you're chronically stressed and you need to slow down or something like looking sure. at that, but not, yeah, looking at it from a control number perspective. So, yeah. And, and using it as a measure of finding out where you're trying to achieve your optimal wellness, right? Not trying mm -hmm. to achieve a yeah. weight. Right. Or exactly. achieve a number. It's yeah. more and and my relationship to exercise is so much better now. Mm -hmm. I I don't exercise for for vanity or to to look better. I think that's a nice bonus. You you might look better. You might get more yeah. toned. You might lose some inches. But I enjoy getting strong. I enjoy um improving my circulation and making my bones stronger and just trying to ensure that later in life I'll be mobile, I'll feel good. I will essentially just be in a better spot if if I pay the rent to my body with that exercise. Yeah, yeah I love how you said that because I think like so many people that I work with will they'll sort of be like, oh, I'm having a hard time like not getting caught up with the weight still or the number or like even almost feeling bad that they're like, happy if the number goes down or, and it's like, it's really hard to like change that. Like we want to be in a smaller body because we're mm -hmm. so reinforced for that. And so like, that's mm -hmm. not bad to have those thoughts, but like what you were saying, it's, it's really focusing on like that process and really like rooted in self-care. And like, like you said, focusing on optimal wellness and just like letting the cards fall where they may, but it's okay to like want weight loss most people do <laughs> like sure and that if it's gonna feel good on your joints you. yeah and like and yeah like it, yeah exactly and and it's like there's nothing wrong with like you for having those thoughts i think people struggle a lot with that piece and so it's like helpful to to hear like it, it but it, it's always coming back to like actually self-care from and that's the shift that like certainly I, you've made and and I've made right. as well. And it's like, that's, 
and in I let my science brain's always like we're focusing on process versus outcome, but like it's okay to care about the outcome. <laughs> like yeah, but it's the process of how do you relate to yourself differently, and that piece can be uncomfortable and and can bring sure. up some discomfort, but in in ways that's really effective. Like you said, discomfort is I forget how you said it, but like discomfort is when you're in that discomfort zone, you have the most growth when you're too comfortable, right? Like, yes. and that's, I think really important. And a lot of people don't, when you're, when you're in the diet cycle, you don't have as much energy to like right. deal with other uncomfortable things. You're like, totally. I'm taxed. I'm, I'm good. So, well, if, if you look at, if you look at it from a science perspective, you know, iron is refined in fire. Diamonds are formed under pressure. These things, beauty emerges from these moments of where things are not hard comfortable when Pressure, things are yeah. hard when you have adversity and you have hurdles that you have to overcome there is beauty on the other side and there's experience and there's wisdom which is the that which is the pearl that we're all yes. trying to pursue um and also we're in a point in our life where the 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 focus is naturally going to shift off to, off of ourselves because we're having children we're getting married we're inviting other people into our realm and our wellness is important to them too if not more um for our children for our spouses for our for anyone anyone who's in your in your in your inner circle like your wellness is important because they want you around for as long as possible and they want you to be as healthy and you know the time that we have together we want to be healthy and of sound mind to spend that time yeah. with the people we love yeah so it's it's like it's when we were younger and single it was like inward thinking mm -hmm. and from for myself and now it's like the wellness is not only for me but it's for my loved ones mm -hmm. yeah no, absolutely. We all often talk about inside like our online program and the work like clarifying values and like that's where everything gets rooted from. And and yeah, it's so, so crucial. And um, yeah, so I, I'm going to shift a little bit to our motivation questions or our three questions sure. we ask all of our guests. Um, curious what one thing is that you have truly intrinsic motivation for. You do it for the inherent satisfaction from the behavior. Um, you enjoy it, find it challenging or satisfying in its own right. Um, hmm. I, I was reading over this and I was like, how do I answer this? <laughs> I think it is every day choosing happy, choosing positive. Hmm. There is plenty to worry about there is plenty to focus on i don't have this isn't going right for me um i lack this and that um i have this motivation to every day and i, I think that stems from my relationship with god and my spirituality that um i have hope even when there's yeah. we're engulfed in darkness and especially after these last two years I, you probably I, like that serves you that would serve anyone very well but like I just again can't I, I keep thinking like in your industry that's got to be so powerful because it's so easy to not keep going right yes I would have an yes. incredibly hard time with it, it it's a yeah. lot of it's a lot of no's it's a lot of failures it's a lot of obstacles it's a lot yeah. of oh we we changed the protocol on this one so sorry um 
So it's all about perspective and choosing, choosing a healthy, positive perspective is not easy, but it, it, it is, it's a discipline. It's a discipline yeah. to, to put on those lens every day. And yeah. And I, and I way. know you and like, you've never, it's never like this toxic positivity, but like, just think positive. It's like, <laughs> like you also like feel the pain of whatever. <laughs> and, and, and I just say that not that it, you're not coming off as toxic positivity, but right. But it's like, it's like just, and, and I think sometimes, but no, it is it, what you said is so crucial. It's the discipline of like looking at what's there and like, choosing that that hopeful side it's hard it's not an easy thing and we never want to come off as like just do it like this but it's you 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 don't live that way and and it's just it's a practice and and being it is the more you practice it and don't get me wrong i i the part that i don't enjoy about myself is that i am reactive i am a naturally reactive person i'm Mm -hmm. visceral i am just like if something pisses me off. Like, I'm like, Oh, you know, like I immediately go, I come out swinging. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm trying to be mindful of that and, and be less reactive and to be more thoughtful, Mm -hmm. but I will always be honest about that. I will always be forthcoming about the fact that I do have that weakness. I am reactive. I have a little bit of you know, anger if things don't really go my way. Um, and I allow myself to feel it. I think it's yeah. important that you allow yourself to feel those emotions and go through the and go through that cycle. Yeah, I think it's healthy. And I think it's essential for artists too, because if mm-hmm. we're going to convey or evoke, we have to be honest about that too. We have to yeah. show the icky, we have to yes. show the bad with the good. But again, it's the bad that gives us a reference point for the good. Mm-hmm. It, pain yeah. allows us to feel pleasure. Yeah. It's, it you all goes. Selectively numb. Right. 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 Yeah. And like, I would say it sounds like, I mean, certainly being a business owner and being a parent are like personal growth on steroids. And I'm sure very much so being an artist is like, <laughs> you can't hide. Mm-mm. You cannot hide. Like Mm-mm. more so than other professions perhaps right like i think i I feel like talking about myself on the podcast a little bit more i can't hide although if i'm not like anyway like it's just but like you really can't like when you're on stage there's nowhere to go it's out there um and people probably know if you're having a rough day sure of course people are just very attuned to that you can just tell someone is going through something sometimes they might not say it, but it's a feeling. It's a spirit that is that is um, revealing itself. Yeah, um, and that's powerful. Yeah, and so that's why it's so important to, for me personally, to to abide and to stick with the discipline of waking up and choosing. I this is going to be positive. I will, I will accomplish this. I will, this is what I do have. These are the resources I do have. Let's go. Cause there's plenty of, there are plenty of things I don't have. There are plenty of things that are difficulty. There's um, roadblocks. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you focus on the things that you don't have, your, your probability of making a positive uh, trajectory are very low. 
You'll just yeah. kind of, you'll kind of coast and plateau in this area of, you know what the world owes me because I have all of, I have all these roadblocks and I have all this adversity and it's like, oh, are you different than the person next to you? Because I'm pretty sure everybody has their own story and I'm pretty sure everybody has a sad story somewhere. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't get to use that to, to say, this is why I didn't succeed or this is why I didn't take the leap. Yeah. And, um, I, I feel like this next question of like this idea of like from a should to a choose to, it's almost like you answered that one a little bit, not that mm -hmm. like this thinking this way is a should per se, but like, I feel like that's something that is hard to make it a practice. And, mm -hmm. but yeah, I feel like that's almost like, I guess it sounds like you find it sort of intrinsically motivating now because like you feel good about that, but do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if there's mm -hmm. another from a should to a choose to that you want to share, but it's, it's interesting that you chose that as your intrinsic motivation one, because I think most people would not find like, you know, disciplined thinking as intrinsically motivating, but I guess maybe if you find it challenging and like that rewarding, it absolutely could be. Sure. I, I think there's another side to it. Um, I, I, ch I should, right. It started out as I should be nice to myself. I should be mm -hmm. kind to myself, especially when I'm looking at, um, a recent f a photo shoot or a recent yeah. film shoot y'all <laughs> you're saying y'all now yeah now I, as, as soon as i was driving down from new york i, I was like i'm saying y'all now i was <laughs> like i made that choice i was so excited i was like i ain't got time to say you all i just say y'all <laughs> so i i like as soon as i as soon as New York City was in my rearview mirror, I was saying y'all. I was like, yes, this is it. Perfect. <laughs> but um, it's the the idea. I used to say, you know, I sh I should be nicer. And gosh, when you see yourself on film or you see yourself in photos, that is the doorway to be so cruel to yourself. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I start to feel those bubble up, I'm like, not today, Satan. <laughs> It's just, nope. I, I just, I, I say, I choose to be kind to myself. Mm -hmm. I choose to say, wow, your hair looks beautiful there. Or wow, mm -hmm. your eyes look so pretty in that shot. I'm not going mm -hmm. to look at, you know, my love handle was hanging out of the side of my jeans mm -hmm. or, uh, mm -hmm. I like that shot. You could, you could see, I don't know. I just look fat there. Like I was just like, I am not even going to entertain that language in my head. I'm going to go straight for the things I like. I'm yeah. going to go straight like that's, for the that's things that That's quite the, I like a, a great example of like that sort of mental discipline. Cause that's, that's a challenge. And I imagine that's been a process of learning that. Oh, for sure. And, you know, I've had to be reminded by some friends, you know, I would, I would, I would complete a, a music video that, you know, we created from, from a concept and funded it. And then I'd complain like, oh, I just, I look, I feel like I just feel like I look this way. And everyone's like, Courtney, you just made a music video for, for your own business. Like most people don't even have the, the gumption to even do that. So can you give yourself, you know, a pat yeah. on the back, number one for that. Yeah. And it's, again, it's about perspective shift. 
it's like yeah but also now having I try that, to see that support and that help to get there too because it's so it's hard to do alone too and i love that it really like, is. yeah having surrounding yourself with people that are going to reinforce that message is typically how we shift it's not just think differently on our own mm -hmm. um if we can great but like most mm -hmm. of the time it's it's our community and and remind because we all need that and so i love that yes yes so that's been um a should to I, ch I choose to be nice to myself. I choose to be um, a a builder instead of a diminisher to yeah, my own self. Focusing on what I love and and yes, intentionally shifting my focus there. Yeah. And and I would also say that um, you know it shifted from I should work out to I want to exercise because I'm getting stronger and I'm mm -hmm. getting healthier um like if anything god forbid anything bad happens i'm in good physical shape if yeah. things get rough you yeah. know yeah um like That's that awesome. kind of stuff like it motivates me when i don't want to go yeah it's like you know do you yeah, and or, it actually works to motivate like yeah. long term versus it's not the like should, i should battle. work out no i want i want to work out because yeah. i'm feeling a little stiff this morning when oh. i get up I want to, I don't want to feel stiff when I get out of bed. I want to yeah. sleep. I want to sleep. Well, I want to sleep deeply. I want to be yeah. flexible. I want things to feel good because listen, like I'm 36 and I, I, I want that like JLo thing where she's 50 and she still looks like she's, you know, 22. Yeah. I mean, that's what money, how that's money too, but yeah it's, it's funny how your motivation shifts as you get older like my most relevant way reason to work out now is like to avoid pain in my mm -hmm. body like, yes like uh, yeah so no I, I love all of that and I think that's so helpful um to hear like to hear those shifts and and I feel like we've been talking about this question throughout but like a main part of our mission at psychology of wellness and on this podcast is teaching women to reclaim trust with their bodies so they can show up more courageously and connected. And I feel like we've been talking about this throughout. I, like I said, I, I think you are a great example of this. Like, what do you feel like, you know, have you been able to, if you could just re-describe the way that you've been able to show up differently in the world now that you're not in, that you're not dieting anymore? Like, how would you describe that? I think letting go of that negative control over my life and um, people's perception of me and my perception of myself mm -hmm. um, letting go of that of that um, vicious cycle of self-worth being self-worth and um, value in what I eat, what my size is, what my weight is. I was finally able to step into the artist and businesswoman that I was always supposed to be. Um, and that I could confidently say yes or no to things that don't serve me. I don't just do them because I think, I don't think I deserve better. You know, yeah. it's like taking what yeah. you can get as opposed to taking what you know you deserve. And I think it completely alters your language. It alters how you interact with people, alters how people respond to you because you're using a different language. You're using a language that's empowering. 
and um, demanding. Like mm-hmm. it's it's firm, yet mm-hmm. like welcoming. Like listen, mm-hmm. I'm smart. I know what I want. Mm-hmm. You're not going to walk all over me, but I am an asset, and I will work hard, and you'll be very happy with the product I provide. Yes, yes, and like when it's not because for so many particularly women, men too, worth is so fused with, with size. When we unfuse that, we just, it's like, it's almost like, do you feel like it just frees up this like ability to, it's almost like we can't be competent when we were stuck in like shrinking body. It's just so fused. Like we can't really separate it, but like, I feel like there was some things that I was like sort of confident in before while I was like dieting, but not, I mean, maybe a little bit. Right. But like, you can't actually fully be like you're still stuck in this like cycle of not fully being the person you were supposed to be. Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but I'm just kind of talking no, about here. No, it, it, it makes sense. I, I can, I can definitely say that I started once I let go of those unhealthy thought patterns and behaviors, I started um, advocating for my compensation. Mm-hmm. And for my rate, yes, and 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 making it clear of this is my worth. If you don't want to pay it, I totally understand, but I'm not going to do yeah. the job. Yeah, um, that's powerful. It's so um, intimately linked. It's so fascinating how like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that was sort of a, a symptom of, and and allows you to like keep doing and yeah. providing your gift to the world. It's just all this like compounding process I think of like yeah and I think the more women we get out of this cycle the more they can influence the world in this other way and like the ways that you are influencing people on stage whether it's related to body image or just like showing up bravely and that's it's just like you said at the beginning like you actually it's easy probably for you to forget that like yeah watching your journey of being more courageous in your life and pursuing your dreams absolutely influenced me i can't say like oh that's specifically why i went and did my own business but like i can't say that it's not part of it you know it's like this weird influence we have uh, on people that we don't even realize that's awesome (laughs) that that really is i'm very touched by that that's very it's true It's, it's, uh, true, man. <laughs> it's, it's and 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 I'm so happy to hear that because I know I, I mentioned this in the beginning, but we we do ask ourselves, am I even am, am I even making an impact? Like, do people even care? Like, what right. am I doing? Like, why do I keep putting out this effort for for mm-hmm. what? And so mm-hmm. it's just really nice to hear, and it that's kind of a double edged sword because even in my in my prayers, I, I I'm always asking that never let me know never let me know my effect on people because i know i'm i'm prone to pride and i'm prone to getting a big head about it and i don't that as soon as that happens it's over and i pretend i didn't say what i just said then (laughs) no but like it's good to and i take that and i take that humbly and and it gives me fuel and and i appreciate that um but it's it's that it's that healthy balance, right? Yeah. Of just staying yeah. humble and always mm-hmm. wanting to excel. Yeah. But, you know, every once in a while, you, you need to be reminded. You need to be reminded that you're you're in the right path. You're yeah. helping people. Um, people are enjoying 
the that what you're offering um, and that you are you're doing what you're supposed to be doing with your time because yeah. we only have we only have the time we have right we're not right. we can't get any more exactly so, yeah I um I I am very appreciative that you shared that with me and it makes me feel good and it gives me extra fuel to to keep moving forward and, and keep up the endurance to okay. to run the race we're all running our race our own race yeah and um it's important that we don't look from side to side we just keep our eyes on the race and keep the focus um so that's that's awesome yeah (laughs) it's true and so tell people where they can learn more about what you're doing and and see you sing and connect with you and maybe you can like sing us out at the end of the podcast (laughs) oh yes of course so i am austin based now and i actually have my own project with my partner eli menezes Uh, we have a duo called gritty sunset Uh, he plays guitar i sing Um, and right now we're doing a lot of covers and uh, we perform at a, at a few public venues here in Austin. And we've only been here a little over a year. So we're still, we're still on the wheel grinding and networking. Sure. And, um, but yeah. it seems like doors are starting to open. Um, and the musicians community here in Austin has been welcoming from day one. I, I nice. can't tell you how wonderful that's been and how quickly they got us plugged in and nice. working, um, especially nice. after not working in New York City uh, from the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you can you can follow us on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube. Uh, we we also link, have a we'll link all of it. Yay. And we also have a website, grittysunset.com. Nice. And I also do things on my own. Um, I'm an independent contractor, um, free agent, if you will, with a bunch of different cover bands here in Austin. So that is what I do, baby. And I love awesome. it. And um I, uh, I'm trying to get over my, my fear of releasing original music. And, mm-hmm. um, that's a big goal this year mm-hmm. to get at least one or two original songs yeah. out, um, that is exciting. for 2022. Yeah. Can't so wait. thank you. <laughs> well, thank <laughs> you so fun. much. We will link all of that. This has been a blast and I appreciate you so much. I appreciate you and I love you. And I'm honored to be on this podcast and I'm so proud of you and I cannot wait to see what unfolds for you in the years to come. If you're anything like me, you may at times really feel like there's so much pain in the world that it's pretty overwhelming. And even though I do my best to avoid the news, it's hard to avoid feeling helpless at times that you can't do anything to make positive change. Well, I'm here to tell you that there's one positive change that I've made in terms of where I buy my books, and I'd invite you to do the same. Bookshop is a website that supports local bookstores near you, as well as affiliates that work with them. So if you buy through the bookshop link, you're going to be supporting local bookstores near you in the US and Canada, and you're gonna be supporting my blog and podcast. It's kind of like a tip jar. Did you know that if nothing slows their momentum, Amazon will have about 80% of the book market by the end of 2025? Look, I have Amazon Prime. I love the convenience, but this is a super cool way that you can do something positive with where you buy your books 
and support some really positive causes. Make sure you check it out. You can find all of my favorite books about health and wellness, but also about topics like courage, vulnerability, and even some of my favorite fiction and kids books for the times when you just need some fun, downtime, or some meaningful stories. My recent favorite is related to improving the quality of our lives and the way we use technology and really doing so from a value-based place. No pressure. It's not going to tell you that technology is bad. It's just going to help you to evaluate for you where the pros outweigh the cons and where they don't. So if you believe in supporting local, controlling the things that you can, please consider buying your books through Bookshop and through the Psychology of Wellness link. You can find that in the show notes or you can go to drshawnhondorp.com. That's D-R-S-H-A-W-N-H-O-N-D-O-R-P.com forward slash bookshop. Change. We keep on waiting, 
to change.